0: Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday! So we started school. I feel like I've been talking about the start of school for so many episodes, and the only reason I'm bringing it up is because it's important to something happening right now in our household. So we started school like two weeks ago. We had the first week of school was the week before Labor Day. We had school for two and a half days, and then last week, the week of Labor Day, we had school for four days. So this was going to be the week, the week where it was like the whole week. Child in school, life back to normal, officially fall, and officially able to get all the things done on the to-do list. And wouldn't you know, that child woke up on Saturday morning with COVID, (laughs) and so he's been home all week. And I know I'm not alone. And the reason I know I'm not alone is because a large percentage of our school is out with COVID. And I know that that means that a large percentage of many schools have children who are sick right now. I was just on social media a little bit earlier today and another friend who lives like 15 minutes from me posted that her whole family has strep throat. And it was just like the rudest awakening into the school year, I think. And I don't know if this part is local or not, but like the level of... Illness and the rapid onset, it's like nothing I've ever seen before in back to school. This is our sixth year back to school in like the K like kindergarten through fifth grade experience now for Vinny. And then four years before that with preschool. And I don't feel like it's ever been like this. So we've been doing this like for 10 years now. And I I don't think it's ever quite been like this. So many of Vinny's friends are homesick that they're just all like online playing video games together. And I mean, they're living their best lives, these kids. Best lives. In fact, my husband a little while ago was like, I don't think I can work right now because Vinny's so loud, just having the time of his life, playing video games with his friends. So that's where we're at right now. So you're gonna probably hear some like shrieking and screaming in the background don't worry, don't worry. It's just my child living his best damn life having COVID. Um, We also are are like wearing masks all around our house. So far, my husband and I have been spared. We're five days into it. So we're feeling good about that, (laughs) like knocking on wood right now. So with this week has come just more expectations versus reality check-ins. And as I was messaging back and forth with my good friend, Jessica Butts, as we often do first thing in the morning, just this morning, she was like, you need to do an episode on expectations versus reality. And (laughs) I was like, Oh, my God, you're right. So what's funny is I had like a list of three or four other things that I was considering for today's episode. And I was like, I'm dumping all that like that can all be next week and the weeks after. But today, we're going to talk about expectations versus reality. Because it just feels like I'm going to talk about outcomes in a minute, kind of like what the last few years have done in terms of expectations and reality. And then like what have been the long term implications of that. But what I'm noticing now is that it kind of all rolls off my back. Because Like, of course, things aren't going to work out according to plan, because when have they ever in the last four years? And even before that, there was a lot of things that didn't go according to plan. Like, that's the nature of the world. It's the nature of, you know, working and having relationships and parenting and all of that. But it's been like so extreme the last four years that now it just... Like, we should just assume that nothing's gonna work out. And then, if it works out, it's like such a great gift, which actually has been one of the outcomes for me is really appreciating when things do work out because it's such the exception and not the rule. So, I wanna start this episode talking about five years ago. So, five years ago, my husband and I went on this trip for our 10 year wedding anniversary. For our wedding anniversary on September 12th, five years ago, he gave me this card, and the card said, I know you don't like surprises, so we're not going right now. But next month, we're going to go on this five-day trip to New Orleans. And I loved that he knew me so well that he knew that I would panic if he had just said, like, we're going to New Orleans today or tomorrow. And I would have been, like, very freaked out about what was happening with Vinny and that I hadn't arranged childcare and that, like, if I would have left it up to him. So he had already lined up my sister-in-law to come and take care of Vinny, while we were gonna be in New Orleans. So the card said like, we're going to New Orleans on these dates, Holly, his sister, who I love and adore so much, she's gonna come watch Vinny and stay with him for that five days. Everything's planned out, but I also wanted you to have time to like, mentally prepare and pack your own bags, which I love that he knew me well enough to know that I absolutely need that. And the first thing I said was like, thank you so much for not making this immediate surprise, because that would have been really hard for me. And so I had a month to look forward to it and be excited. And then we went and it was great. And as the end of that trip, kind of, you know, approached the last day or so we were talking about, what are we going to do for 15 years? What are we going to do for our 15 year anniversary? So 15 years is this year. And it's funny, or five years ago at our 10 year anniversary, when we're talking about our 15 year anniversary, it sounded like so far off, like we could do anything, what would we do? And we didn't think of like super lavish things, like things like going to Greece were like on the list. But... Those were also things we sensed that we would want to take Vinny with us for. And so we were like, what would we want to do that's just us? So one of the things that we landed on, or the thing that we landed on, was going to Napa Valley in California and going to the French Laundry for dinner. So in our life before children, and especially in our first few years of dating, we really loved going to fancy restaurants. We have friends in the restaurant business. We've just had some really fun and exceptional dining experiences that have been really, really special memories, created really, really special memories. And so one of the things we talked about over time was like, someday we'll go down and go to dinner at the French Laundry. It's a super fancy restaurant down in the Napa region in California. And so we thought five years ago, we're like, well, that we could do that for a 15-year anniversary. Like, that would be really fun. Take a long weekend, go to Napa, go wine tasting, go to this restaurant. And so it's kind of in the back of our minds. And what's really interesting is how over the last five years, like that dream and plan was kind of still always in the background, but it became less and less important as the world changed more and more and prioritizing that and making that like the thing for 15 years kind of seemed less and less like the right thing over time. And it's funny how time does that to you, right? Like just when Everything changes over the course of the last five years as it has in the world. Thing like priorities have shifted and the world has evolved and it just everything feels different. And that plan, while it still sounds fun, it seems kind of weird to spend that kind of money on a meal and on a trip that's like just, you know, eating and drinking. And I mean, if we had like, endless amounts of money. Sure, let's go do that thing. But like right now, we're in the season where my husband's been unemployed, he got laid off a few months ago, like just priorities have shifted quite a bit. So as our 15 year anniversary was approaching, we were like, what are we going to do? And the universe had our back when we kind of didn't plan anything. And then our child got COVID because what could we have done? Like, what if we had planned to go on a trip and my sister-in-law was going to come stay with him again? We would have had to cancel a trip. So I guess in that sense, the universe totally had our back. But it was kind of funny when we were thinking this through and Vinny got COVID on Saturday. Our anniversary was on Tuesday. And we're like, so we might just be like ordering pizza to be delivered like on the parking strip. to keep like the pizza delivery people safe. My husband and I both have been testing negative this whole time. So we were able to go out to dinner, just the two of us. And we went to this place where we could sit outside, we tested before we went, it was fine. Um, It was lovely. And it was kind of all we really needed right now. And I think because our needs have shifted so dramatically, and our reality is so different than it once was, that it just felt like the right thing this year, it felt like the right way to celebrate. And Maybe there'll be the opportunity to celebrate in a different, maybe bigger way later this year. And maybe not. Who knows? I don't know. And I also have no desire to think about what we want to do for 20 years because now I, and maybe you sense this too, like now we know what can happen in five years. (laughs) We know that like nothing might be the same five years from now. Like chances are nothing will be the same. I swear it's like, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So I wanna think through and talk through with you this opportunity to navigate the world that we're all living in, Managing our expectations versus our realities, where we have certain expectations, maybe because of the way things have been, maybe because of the way we see things working out for other people, maybe just because of the way we want things to work out, that we hope and expect things to work out a certain way, we plan for things to work out a certain way, we invest resources so that things will work out certain ways. And then the reality can be so, so different. And how do we sit with those outcomes? And that's what I really want to talk through today is recognizing what the outcomes are and then processing that a bit so that we can continue to manage expectations versus reality. And what I found in kind of thinking through how I wanted to talk about this was that, It is really in having to reset expectations over and over and over this year based on reality, based on what was actually happening in live time at any given moment, that I think we've become nimble in a way that has humbled us, that has made us more adaptable, that I also think has hardened us in some ways that aren't so great, (laughs) that I think is we've like lowered the bar in a lot of ways in terms of giving ourselves permission to dream because we know that dreams can be shattered so quickly dreams can be stolen dreams can be taken away and we've just seen that happen in so many really scary tragic ways and also really and when I say scary and tragic it's like ways that are, um, I'm thinking of the people who live in Maui, or oh my gosh, the people in Libya right now, like massive catastrophic events, and things can just be taken from us. But also, and thinking through, you know, especially what's on the forefront in my own household is like having my husband go through this layoff that was really, really dirty. Like this company was just, they're so gross. And going through that process, it's also not just that things can be taken by catastrophic events, but that things can be stolen from us in really gross ways, and in really dirty ways, and in really deceitful ways and how do we reckon that at the end of the day? So some of the expectations that we've had over time is, and some of these will be relatable to you and maybe some of them not, but one of the expectations that I've always held in my life is around summer, that summer should have, not be all easy and fun and relaxing, but there should be some level of ease and fun and relaxation and restoration in summer. And like, that seems like fair, right? (laughs) Because when we're growing up and we're out of school in the summer, that's like what summer's all about. And then you become an adult and that isn't just automatically there anymore and especially once you become a parent, summer actually can be quite stressful. But there's still this sense of like what are we doing for fun this year? And what I found this summer is with my husband looking for work and that the stress that that has taken on in our lives and how that's just kind of been a focal point in our lives that summer didn't in reality feel full of ease or fun or restoration. It felt pretty intense this year. Other expectations are around what I just shared about our 15-year anniversary. Like we thought we were going to go do this fun trip. We thought we were going to like spend all this money on this fancy dinner. And then now, not only did reality not like allow for that, but it also it reality makes that seem kind of insignificant and maybe even a little silly. Another thing that's coming up for us right now is Ski passes. So ski passes just went on sale for the mountain that we ski on. They're real freaking expensive. And we're like, oh my gosh, like, are we getting ski passes this year? Like we ski a lot, but it's a lot of money to put up front, especially when you have only one income in the household. And so things like that, where you're like expectations that are set where you're like, well, this is how we do it, or this is how we've always done it, or this is what the expectation was going into this season. And then like, hmm, are we keeping doing it that way? Vinny's been really sweet about things and his birthday is coming up in a couple of weeks. And it's been, you know, managing expectations around that. And he's been really cute about asking for things and like understanding that, like it's maybe not going to be as, you know, he's not going to get his French laundry dinner for his birthday. He's not getting this super fancy birthday experience. Not that he always or ever gets really fancy birthday experiences, but it's just about like, what is that really going to look like and how it might look different this year? The reality, so those are kind of like some of the expectations. Some of the realities around that is that we are in this season, we're, forgoing fancy things and instead doing things that are more casual. And that feels fine. We are saying no to some of our own indulgences and to some of Vinny's. It's funny. Vince goes out with friends you know, every once in a while, some guy friends that live not super close to us. And he used to always Uber over and Uber over, go out, have drinks with them and Uber back. And now he's like taking the bus if he's going to do that. And so, which is totally fine. It's funny, like you go to do things the same way you used to do them. And you're like, hold on, I need to find a better way to do this because of like circumstances right now. And you do the things and they're fine. We've really limited eating out. Let me tell you about how many times mama has clipped some Domino's coupons recently. Like, for us, ordering out is pretty much almost exclusively Domino's. And like, what are the coupons this week? The digital or the coupons that are in the app? Like, let me tell you about that $8.99 medium pizza that I get for Vinny. And that you have to meet the minimum to place your order. So then I add on a 20 ounce Diet Coke to like get over the minimum delivery of $20. So these are some of the realities. Another thing is we have had cleaners who we had started back up after COVID. And we have let them go for the time being. We've just made some choices where we're like these are some of the things that we have to do and it's different, but it's fine. And it's interesting to notice that the difference is fine. Like the things that maybe would have seen, felt limiting before, they don't really feel that limiting. You like know, you kind of check yourself and you're like given everything that's happening, like these quote unquote sacrifices they're not that big of a deal. Like, it's all fine. When we look at this in terms of outcomes, like what does this all mean? And what are the things that we're taking away from this? And so I think there's been some outcomes that are really, really important. And I'm going to share six different outcomes that I've experienced, but I also think that can be somewhat universal. So the first thing is, because we've had the the rug pulled out from us so many times over the last four years. And when I say we, I'm talking about collective we, not just my family, but we all. Um, it feels less and less surprising when things don't work out. So I actually appreciate that when things don't work out, I'm like, okay, so how are we going to figure this out? Versus like panic-stricken Sarah. Like panic-stricken, anxious Sarah can go down a catastrophic rabbit hole so fast. And I think one of the gifts of things not working out so many times is in the last four years has really been like, okay, so what are we doing instead? And what's like the next right step in this moment, and not having to like think way down the road or think too many things through, or assume that things are going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. It's just what's the next right thing this in this moment and then going there. And also, as I referenced earlier, that then when things actually do work out, when you get to do the thing you've been looking forward to and those plans aren't foiled in some way or spoiled in some way, it feels like such a freaking gift. <laughs> and I feel like I've really, really felt that gratitude this year in, or in the last few years so many times. I think about like spending holidays with family members in the same house, under the same roof, because we didn't get to do that for multiple years. And now that we're doing that again, it feels like this very exciting gift when it actually happens because, oh my gosh, we like all get to be in the same room again. (laughs) That didn't happen for a while. We know what it feels like when that's not there. And so to have it there whenever it works out feels really special and really fun and really exciting. When we have gotten to go on trips, when we have gotten to do, you know, get out on the mountain and go skiing, when we've gotten to do fun things with friends, when we've had invitations that we can accept to do things, you know, that other people are hosting in addition to hosting our own things, like, it just all feels really, really fun and really special. I know this year, our family hosts this little beach party down at this beach by our house at the end of every summer for Vinny's whole class for Vinny's whole grade. And so every year we send out this invite. And it was funny this year the day before the event, the whole, we call it our s'mores beach party. So basically our family supplies s'mores for everyone to come down and make s'mores on the beach. And if families want to bring a picnic dinner, they can, but like we're not providing dinner. So this year, the day before the event, a mom texted me. She's like, Sarah, I'm just checking to see if you knew that there's no fires allowed on the beach this year. And I was like, oh, you know what? Sure didn't know that for my s'mores party. And it was so funny because I was like, of course, of course. But and we quickly, she was like, well, here's what this other class is doing, because they had kind of taken on the same idea. They're like, we're going to do this beach party thing as well. She's like, well, the other class is just going to do ice cream sandwiches instead. And I was like, OK, cool. So I like messaged everyone who was coming. And I was like, OK, like no s'mores, popsicles, ice cream sandwiches. See you tomorrow. And it was all completely fine. And I think a few years ago, I would have been so caught up in like what my plan was. that Oh, no, we're not doing s'mores. And like I was a little disappointed. It's fun to have the kids do something that's kind of interactive down on the beach also that involves fire, <laughs> not that that part is fun, but it's like, you know, it, it like takes a lot, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely an activity that takes a while, takes some supervision, it keeps a lot of people busy. So taking that away felt a little different, but it was like, you know what, we're all going to be on the beach, having fun, having popsicles, who cares? It's totally fine. So being able to shift gears like that and not have things feel like a disappointment and just have like substitutions that work out simply and easily and being able to shift gears quickly. Without, it's not even to say without caring, but just like without a whole lot of hoopla or a whole lot of like, oh, my gosh, everything's ruined. It's kind of nice. <laughs> and I
1: appreciate that I've learned that skill. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack.
0: Another outcome, I think, from learning how to manage expectations versus reality over time is instead of being devastated when plans change, which oh, there's been so many opportunities for being devastated. For those of you who may not recall my, or maybe were listening to the show last year, my husband over Christmas was in the hospital until like just a couple days before Christmas. Very unexpected. Um, he had an infection that went sideways really, really fast and ended up going into the hospital on like. December 19th or 20th or something and was in there for a few days and we didn't think he'd get out for Christmas and then he did and then we quickly drove across the state except for that it wasn't quick because of the mountains and the snow and the ice and like all the, it was like a whole fiasco of a Christmas winter break but Instead of being devastated by change of plans, I feel like we've really learned. And again, universal we here. I think that we've really learned to honor disappointment and then also make fun and magic with whatever you're left with. And that is not something that I think that a lot of people are naturally good at. But when you have a certain of level of resiliency, because you've had to practice a certain level of resiliency, you get better and better at that. And so where the things can go sideways, things can feel like they're taken from you on a moment's notice, and that you can honor the disappointment. And oh, it's frustrating, and it's sad, and it's disappointing, and maybe disheartening, and maybe you feel deceived, or maybe you feel really let down. And also, how are you going to make use of whatever's left or whatever the other option is that you're choosing to step into in that moment. And we've done that so many times over the last few years, that it feels like we've gotten better at holding space for the both. And like, I'm really disappointed. And also, like, I'm really disappointed. I can't go to that thing because someone in my household is sick. And also, like, I'm going to take advantage of like, snuggling up on the couch with my favorite movie, my favorite people, my favorite pizza and just enjoy the evening. And I think that we've had the opportunity to practice that over and over and we've gotten better at that, which has made us more resilient in terms of managing change around expectations. The third thing, the third outcome that I've experienced and I'm sure that you all have experienced this as well, but maybe not been able to like put a label on it and I think it's really important to recognize this piece is that we've modeled resilience so many times to our kids. We've modeled that things aren't always easy. And sometimes we have to make hard decisions. And we're really, really recognizing this right now. And I know those of you who had older kids during the pandemic really had to deal with this. Then he was so young during the pandemic that I know he sensed a lot of things were happening. But I don't think that he like really overtly kind of felt the level of devastation that we felt or experienced, we could see things happening to him that he couldn't like put his finger on himself but as he's gotten older and now that you know he's going to be 11 in a couple weeks and as he's watched my husband go through this layoff and he's had to watch us be resilient he's had to hear us have hard conversations and he's had to learn especially as I call him the little prince like the child that like he's an only child like a lot of things come easily to only children because they get all the resources and this is something I've noticed more and more as Vinny's gotten older and it's been something I've struggled with where like, I don't want him to think that just everything comes really easily because that's not setting him up really well for the real world. But the reality is, as an only child, like you do get all of the resources pretty easily in your household, right? Right. So it's actually been really good, I think, that we've had to model resilience to Vinny, and he's had to hear us have hard conversations and see us make hard decisions, and that he's had to also assist in some of those decisions. And in that, he has seen what it looks like to make decisions about certain choices we're going to make around how we're going to live or the money we're going to spend or how we're prioritizing things in our family right now. And sometimes we lose the things that we want and that's part of life there's things that we don't that we miss out on there's experiences we don't get to have sometimes things don't work out and when they don't work out you can always find ways to make other things work for you those might not be the things that you really really wanted but there's still other options that you can make work for you which leads right into the fourth thing the fourth outcome is we also are in this going through all this being able to model Decision making and critical thinking with our kids, and I think modeling weighing decisions and critical thinking is a really, really big deal, really crucially important to our children and as part of parenting. And really realizing that if we're going to say yes to this thing over here, we're also saying no to something else. And so this is something that's come up more and more with like this season that we're in right now. And so an example is that Vinny wanted to play club baseball this year, and that decision wasn't a quick and easy decision for our family when we only have one parent working. And so the decision that we made was if you want to play club baseball, we can't afford to have cleaners every month and pay club baseball. And we were already considering like we probably shouldn't have cleaners for a while anyways, helping us. And so when we talked this through with him, he had to make that either or. So saying yes to club baseball was saying no to other things. And for our family, that meant that we had to then reorganize or not reorganize, but organize, put together like this schedule around how are we going to collectively clean our house and all take on more responsibility. We all had some responsibility already, like he had some chores already, but it was really like taking on these new weekly things and recognizing like if you want to do this, then it also comes with this. And modeling that um decision making and thinking that through has been, I think, really valuable. Um, Even though he doesn't love those chores so much, but it's been valuable. The fifth outcome is I've done, and this I think is just maybe just me, and I think it'll be relatable to some of you, but I've done a lot of my uh, checking my own biases around food and grocery shopping and coupon culture. And this has been a really interesting thing for me to watch within myself. And I'm saying this because I know some of you are like me in this way, that I have spent a lot of my adulthood kind of on my high horse about food, nutrition, organic food, what's quote unquote, like the healthiest option. And there is such morality attached to nutrition right now in US culture in American culture. And it's so weird, and it's so disturbing, and it's so in- wildly inappropriate, and really, really elitist and classist. And as we have gone through navigating kind of shifting things around grocery buying and food habits, as my husband's been laid off, I've really had to check myself. And I now I'm someone who's like, okay, what's on sale? And I'm actually not going to get the organic strawberries. And yeah, you can go ahead and tell me about your dirty dozen all day long. I know the strawberries have more pesticides on them. I get it. Like I worked in nutrition. I know. And also, you know what? I'm not going to buy the organic strawberries right now. Like take your lecture somewhere else. And this has been where I've had to check myself over and over again as I've made different choices in buying food and realized like, oh, I just saved a whole lot of money because I didn't buy everything organic in my cart. And that's not to say like there's definitely ways you can buy organic food that's less expensive, And I'm still doing some of those, but I've checked myself a lot in terms of like this morality around food. I've started using coupons. I've started switching brands. I've started stocking up on things that are on sale, which I used to like not do. I just was like, I'll just get more when I need it, kind of a thing. I had like got real excited last week when I learned that the soup that Vinny really likes is normally like 350 a can, but cup of noodles, which she also loves, were only 59 cents each. And I was like, mama's gonna get a lot of cup of noodles. And you know what? I know there's no nutrition in cup of noodles, but you know what I also know? It's food. And food is food, and food is fuel, and fed is best. And I've really, really internalized messaging, and I have to thank and shout out Aubrey Gordon and Michael Hobbs from the podcast Maintenance Phase. Aubrey Gordon is a past guest on the Shameless Mom Academy, and also Dr. Amy Porto, P O R T O, also past guest on the Shameless Mom Academy, for the way that they talk about food as it relates to class and elitism, and that. That is best and that all food is good food and getting away from this idea that there's a right way to eat or a best way to eat or to feed your people or to feed your children and to just like get food in people's mouths like the idea that there's a right way or a best way to do this only comes from very privileged pockets of society and so stepping back and checking myself around that has been very humbling. Like I've had to shut myself up a lot of times. And I also look back at how I've talked about food in the past. And I'm like, Oh, my God. (laughs) I wish someone punched me in the face. (laughs) Like There's just things that I've thought and said that are gross and degrading and demeaning to people who buy food differently than me and in different ways and prioritize different ways of spending money. And it's none of my business. It's none of my business how people want to buy food. So That's that piece. And then the last piece, the last outcome that I've noticed, and this is one that maybe relates to you and that maybe you want to try yourself or test yourself on, is noting how I really love the dopamine hit of online shopping, and even for silly things. And so, managing expectations versus reality is like my expectation is, is if i need something that i can go online and grab it especially if it's like a family need so for example we recently went through this moment of noticing that all of our kitchen hand towels like you know your dish towels in the kitchen were just stinky like rotten stinky they weren't getting cleaned anymore like we just needed a new set and I went to order some, of course, I spent 14 weeks on Amazon reading reviews about like the best ones and the most absorbent ones and the antimicrobial ones and all these things. And I found the perfect ones and they were like $22. And I put them in my cart because I was like, "Eh, do I need to spend $22 on these towels? And I thought about it for a long time. And it's funny how it used to be like a no brainer, like I'm just going to order some things and I kind of loved ordering and I kind of loved them showing up on my porch and I made myself wait like a solid three to four weeks before I hit purchase on those hand towels. And the level of appreciation I have for them, I mean, beyond. I'm so excited about my new hand towels for $22. And I think that when you step back from like always giving yourself those dopamine hits, you can start to have a new appreciation for recognizing what you really need. And then really enjoying the thing that you actually get. And I've learned that in this process around like, don't expect that you just need, you can just go order whatever you want all the time. And how does that diminish all the things that you get if you treat everything as if it's immediately accessible? And what does that mean in terms of like what you really need and discernment about what you need versus what you want? And again, like this is, everyone can do this however they want to do it, but it's interesting to examine your own behavior around this. So those are the six outcomes that I've experienced. And some of those I think are very universal in terms of managing expectations versus reality. When you're looking over the last four years or you're looking just personally, like you know, in the last few weeks, if your family was hit by COVID or illness, it's something that we're constantly chronically having to do. And I want you to feel like even though things can be extremely hard in the moment, I want you to recognize how resilient you are and how that resiliency, and being able to manage reality versus expectations repeatedly over time, what that's modeling for your children in terms of how you're showing up in parenting, and how you're passing along really valuable skills to your children. So I hope this was helpful. Thank you for being here. And remember, I'm in this with you always. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued